Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, Bellio Sports fan? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Angels, here again with our intern for the midterm, Chris Sliwa. Chris, how are we doing? Doing good, Parker. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Doing it. it is a crazy time to be a teacher in America right now. <laughs> um, I'm sure, frankly, you're probably good to have the school part behind you. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we're we're healthy and we're here and we are ready to talk some NFL playoffs. Before we get too carried away, last weekend there was like a lot of craziness going on with you know the Patriots had any number of seating options. So I'm sure you were dialed in all day long. Oh yeah. Um, what did you make of last weekend's chaos? Well, for the Patriots game itself, it definitely was upsetting to see them go into Miami and lose again the second time this year to Miami. But the one thing I will say from that game is that at least Mac Jones showed he can play competent football when he was losing, when he's losing the game. Because I feel like that's kind of the question with him right now. He's always played in winning situations. So what can he do when he's losing? And that part after they started to slowly claw their way back from, I was happy to see, but. Other than that, it was a pretty good weekend of sports. I mean, the playoff seedings coming down to the absolute last second of Sunday night football with the Chargers and Raiders <laughs> with the potential tie. That was that was crazy. But the literal a, last second of the regular season. The literal <laughs> last second. <laughs> can't, can't script it any better than that. <laughs> it was so funny. And I was frankly I mean, folks who listen to the show know I was like ready for a tie. I was like, this is going to be the time to ruin football or whatever. And and it's all. And then instead, it's just this crazy storybook. Justin Herbert strikes, 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 and just doesn't get another chance because the buzzer goes off. It was a lot of fun. He was um, playing crazy during that, too. He was playing phenomenal. He was playing out of his mind. Yeah. All the, the fourth down conversion after fourth down conversion after fourth down conversion. And while Justin Herbert and the Chargers are not in the playoffs, today we're going to talk a little bit about a couple teams that are. As always, the midterm is brought to you by MyBookie. Bet with MyBookie and get into the game right now. You can get Kickstarter with crypto or whatever form of currency you choose to bet with. Use promo code FNSports to double your first deposit up to $1,000 at MyBookie. Uh, NFL playoffs are here. And this week, we have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers. It's a classic matchup. Uh, two very historic franchises face off in the first round. A wild card round, I guess you should say. It's weird to think of that when there are seven teams out there of the NFL playoffs. Don't miss out. Double first spots up to $1,000 by using promo code FN Sports. Head to my bookie today. Place your bets and watch the Sparks fly this weekend. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So, Chris, 
As folks know, I am a Texas guy. I am from Texas, and I latched onto the Cowboys because I was growing up at a time when there was one professional team in the state of Texas, and it was the Dallas Cowboys. The Oilers had moved on. The Texans had not gotten here yet, and I'm just in that weird spot where that's all we had. <laughs> so uh, my, my Dallas Cowboys this weekend take on the Niners, and they are favored by three points. There's part of me that feels like that's skits death, but we are favored by three points. So I ask you, Chris, the thesis for this week, Dallas Cowboys will beat the San Francisco 49ers by more than three points. You hear that thesis, and what grade do you give it? Ooh, that is tough. I'm going to give it a C+. C+. That's interesting. As I look at it, so there's two sides to me. There's like the fan, and then there's like the analyst. (laughs) And I'm not sure which side is going to actually be accurate here. I'm going to say a B. And anyway, I'm going to say a B. All right. So, Chris, you are a little lower than me on this. The thesis, again, was that the Dallas Cowboys win by more than three points. You gave it a C. And typically, that means there's like some things you really like about that and some things you really don't like about that. Tell me the thought process here. I think the biggest question mark for that game especially the Cowboys covering by minus three is if is what kind of Debo Samuel shows up I'm assuming the Niners are going to run him in every format in which they can to the backfield as receiver just doing the same things they've done all year long with him and he's been having a fantastic year so I think if the Cowboys were to not cover the minus three or if they were to just lose straight up i think it's all because of what kind of day Debo samuel has obviously 49ers have a pretty good defense but i wouldn't say it's one of the best defenses yet so i can definitely see the cowboys offense putting up numbers but like i said it, it for me it really just comes down to how well Debo plays this weekend will determine if the cowboys cover for me well and it's interesting too because i'd imagine when he's out in coverage he'll probably draw Trayvon Diggs, right? Or I'm sorry, when he's out in the passing pattern, he'll probably draw Trayvon Diggs. And Trayvon Diggs is like the definition of boom-bust guy, right? He's got, what, he finished with 11 picks? But also, mm-hmm. he's like, per pro football focus, given up the most yards where he's the closest defender in the vicinity of whatever, like, ever, right? So, like, you've got both ends of the spectrum here with Trayvon Diggs, and it's just this constant gamble. Um, and I heard it phrased accurately i think one if he were really picking people off at such a crazy rate and covering them up they wouldn't keep throwing at him you wouldn't get more than seven or eight picks and so i I think that's interesting to look at i have to say you brought up samuel i'm more worried about the big uglies i'm more worried about kittle i michael parsons is a tremendous athlete the defensive line looks like they get after the last couple weeks of the season but the tight end is that escape valve. And so I think that would be why I, I didn't give them to give Dallas Cowboys an A here. You sat at a C. So you do think there's some things the Cowboys could do to pull this off and, you know, cover the spread win by more than three. What, what makes you think that? Obviously for the offensive weapons and the star power the Cowboys have in general, that would be the main reason why they would cover the minus three. I mean, you got Zeke. Zeke hasn't been the Zeke we know him to be, but I mean, he still had a thousand yards rushing this year, which is always good to see. They got Tony Tony Pollard in the backfield with them, who's also been electric. I mean, the receiving core 
Coop or Lamb, um, Cedric Wilson, now that Gallup's up, out. The Gallup injury for me, I feel, is going to be the toughest. Not the toughest thing. It's going to be like the biggest, one of the biggest factors for the Cowboys. Because, I mean, obviously, like I said, you've got the other two guys and Lamb and Cooper. But, I mean, Gallup has, granted, he's been injured a lot, but he's also that guy that can kind of make a huge play for you if you need it. He was, was it the, uh, the game against Washington where he made the catch and immediately hurt himself. I forget if that was two weeks ago or last week, but I mean, he's been a good player for them as well. So I think that's a big question mark on them. But I mean, like I said, the star power that the Cowboys still have, they can easily win this game by three, four, 20, who knows if they can all play on the level that they're supposed to play at. Yeah. I think that's why I'm at a B is because, if the game goes towards a high scoring game, I think that favors Dallas, right? Like if the game is a kind of game where both teams where like the winner has to break 30, I trust that offense more or they're at CD lamb. I know Amari Cooper, as we're recording this, got just got some big fine today, but I think I read that he's still eligible to play. He's just in a, he just had to get a fat fine for not wearing his mask when he was supposed to be in protocol at a Mavericks game. Or something. You mentioned Ezekiel, you mentioned Tony Pollard. I think a weird, like, subtle underwritten guy in this is also the tight end game in Dalton Schultz. Not that he's like tremendous in the way like George Kittle is probably a historic tight end, but in that every quarterback loves their tight end and, and Dak is a smart guy, finds the open man and that, that could end up coming up in the right spot. He's not the big breakaway guy that Kittle is obviously. He's not the blocker that Kittle is obviously, but I think he's valuable. Talk to me about what do you see? So fan goggles on here at full admission. I really like Cedric Wilson. I'm interested to hear your take because you don't have Dallas Cowboy fan goggles. Do you pay any attention to Cedric Wilson as amongst all the stars here? Is he kind of an afterthought? I mean, one of the reasons why I know him is because one of my roommates is a Cowboys fan, so I have to listen to him go up and down the Cowboys depth chart. But, I mean, he could be – he could possibly be an X factor. I feel like he was kind of heating up towards the end of the season. So maybe Cooper and Lamb don't have the best of days and then – Dak just somehow seems to find uh, Wilson for a hundred yards or so. And he could be the one that really gets things going for them. But yeah, other than that, like since I'm not a Cowboys fan, I don't know too much about him, but from what I have heard, it seems like he could be something special in the next couple of years. And maybe, maybe this is his breaking out party. Well, and it just feels like, you know, with the C parting with the Gallup injury and stuff like that, there's just like this void for him to step in and fill. The Dallas Cowboys are the first team to ever have a 4,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver, 10-sack guy, 10-interception guy, right? Uh, Parsons finished with 13 sacks. Diggs finished with 11 picks. Uh, I believe it was CD had the 1,000 yards uh, receiving. Zeke over 1,000 rushing and obviously Dak with 4,000 passing. If you have all of those offensive and defensive combined accolades, you win the division, you show up. If they lay an egg in this game, like Jerry Jones-led teams tend to do, is it time to get rid of – we just had a whole week of firings that some make sense, some make, some don't make any sense. And we're recording today on a on a Thursday. Dave Coley just got fired. I don't know what they thought that was going to happen in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> is it time to move on from McCarthy if you have all of that talent and can't get out of the first round? I mean, I guess it would have to be, wouldn't it? Is this his second or third year in Dallas? I always get it confused. I think it's his third. I'm not sure. Second, second, but last year with the COVID. So the deal was Garrett lasted one year too long, I think is probably part of the deal there. So, yeah, I mean, 
with those stats that you put out, and if they drop a goose egg and don't even make it out of the wild card round, I mean, yeah, I think you definitely have to question if Mike McCarthy is the right guy for the job. But at the same time, who would be that guy to possibly replace him if the Cowboys go in that direction? I feel like there aren't too many names that they could bring in. Maybe they promote Kellen Moore to offensive court or to head coach since he's getting some uh, head coaching interviews. But, I mean, it definitely would be up for debate if the Cowboys should fire him or not if they lose this weekend. But for me, I would say probably not. I think you would have to give him at least one more year. But as one of my favorite people in sports media, Stephen A. Smith says, what can go wrong will go wrong with that Cowboys team. So <laughs> who knows what happens on Sunday? Well, as you bring up Stephen A. Smith, because he loves to rag on the Cowboys, thinking about it theoretically, right? Crystal Ball come back and say, hey, the Cardinals win this one. You don't sound like you'd be that surprised. What is the game? I mentioned, I think if the game is a high scoring game, Dallas wins. What does the game have to look like for Arizona to win? Probably for the uh, 49ers defense to show up. I know they've kind of been up and down this season, but it would, I think for the 49ers to win, it would have to rely on two things, their defense to play good, maybe Georgia national championship level good. And then also for Jimmy Garoppolo to actually play like the good Jimmy Garoppolo. Cause I mean, one week he can be great. One week he can be awful. One season he can lead the team to the Super Bowl. So it, that's really the biggest question mark is what kind of Jimmy G shows up on Sunday. If the Niners do come back and win. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, like, it's hard to remember that, like, the Niners just in, like, 2019, right? So, like, yeah, 2019 season, 2020 COVID weird season, and we're just wrapping up the 21 season. They were just in the Super Bowl, right? And, like, frankly, there's a play at the end of the first half where Garoppolo overthrows Kittle. And, like, if they score on that open touchdown, they might have won the Super Bowl 18, whatever it is, almost two years ago now. Um, and then there was also the uh, was it the play to Emmanuel Sanders that he had him and completely missed him too. That also costed them, right? And so while the NFC West has clearly gotten really good, the Rams, who were frankly in Super Bowl like what was it the year before, the Rams are very talented. The Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray, got a few free agents. All of a sudden, they're tremendous, right? This does feel like it's a really tough first round opponent for the Cowboys. And so I, I guess I, I say that more to say that, like, this is the closest line of the weekend, right? As you look at this, like, the Bucks are favored by eight and a half. The Chiefs are supposed to win. This thing says on my bookie, our friends on my bookie tell us that the Chiefs are favored by, was it 12 points over the Pittsburgh Steelers? I love Mike Tomlin, but that's going to be a blowout, right? If, they're, if the line mm-hmm. is at 12, that's going to be a blowout. Frankly, as we sit here, uh, one of the next close games involves your team the bills are favored by four points at home over the patriots now if you're trying to like work a parlay or something and work look at the whole weekend you might be looking at that pretty closely talk to me about the patriots this weekend you're a fan that means i also trust that you watch them fairly frequently the bills and the patriots meet for the third time but the first time's only kind of a game right (laughs) like (laughs) um so what are we expecting out of them this weekend uh, I would say I'm going to expect the Patriots to do what they did the first time they were in Buffalo and run the ball as much as they can down the Bills' throat until they stop them. 
Also, I'm hearing that the weather in Buffalo is supposed to be bad, like zero degrees, 15, 20 mile per hour wind. So I just feel like that just creates a Patriots victory. But for the Patriots to win, obviously, they need to run the ball well like they did in the first game. But then also they need to learn how to stop the run, which has been the problem for the Patriots all season long. Before they went on that seven-game winning streak, they were having trouble stopping the run against some teams. And then ever since that seven-game winning streak has ended, it's been the same thing. They really can't seem to stop the run. I mean, this past Sunday, Duke Johnson Jr., who just got signed by the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, he put up 100 touchdowns and beat the Patriots. Jonathan Taylor a couple weeks ago. And then even when they played the Bills the second time, it was really the run game for the Bills, which isn't that great, seemed to look great that day. So... It's well, really and the, the Bills game specifically was the quarterback run game, which I thought was interesting. Just just because it's di- it's something that Buffalo does offer that is different. Like Jonathan Taylor had an MVP. I don't know if a win because they didn't make playoffs, but like Jonathan Taylor had an MVP type of year, right? Like mm-hmm. he had that kind of production at running back, so he's going to get you sometimes. Josh Allen can get you with his legs. I don't mean to say he can't, but it was interesting that that carried over in the second Patriots game. Do you think to win they have to throw the ball three times, or what's the, what's the, what's the game hope. plan if you're trying to win offensively from Mac Jones? You got a rookie quarterback. It's the first year Bill Belichick's ever started a rookie quarterback, right? They're in the playoffs. How much do you trust that guy? What do you see coming out of them on offense? I mean, if the Patriots want to win the game, they got to let Mac throw the ball more than three times, which obviously they did in that game in December in Buffalo, where it was like. 40 mile per hour wins but they definitely need to give them a shot to start throwing the ball down the field more and i mean can't you don't really know what you have out of him with his deep ball if you can't let him throw it so you gotta let him take those chances but what i will say is at least he showed up from this week's game that he can play football while losing since i was always the big question with him at alabama but i just think that he does really need to throw the ball. We saw him doing it good against Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago, although granted that was Jacksonville and that doesn't really mean much, but I think they just, they really just need to let Max start slinging the football around and see what these weapons that they brought in can do for him. Cause I mean, he has shown he can throw it, but the coaches don't, just don't really seem to give him the opportunity to. The other weird playoff matchup that ended up being two teams from the same division this weekend is the, Arizona Cardinals, LA Rams. That's also a four-point margin right now on my bookie with the Rams being favored at home. I, I thought that was interesting because, and I know that it's the playoffs and the playoffs are different and so on. I I really, with the, you know, the explosiveness we saw at a cup this year and the start of the year that Matt Stafford had, I really thought that the Rams would have a better line on the weekend. Do you have any thoughts on the West Coast game? I do, yeah, but before I even dive into the game, I will say this in general. I think it is a bad idea to have a Monday night playoff game. I'm just going to leave that there. But other than that, yeah, I I do agree with you. I feel like after the start of the season the Rams had, they should have been favored by more. But we've kind of seen the past month and a half, month, month and a half, Matt Stafford go back to the Detroit Lions, Matt Stafford, where he just keeps on throwing interceptions. And he's really going to be the biggest – question mark for them if they want to make it to the Super Bowl and win it all what Matt Stafford is going to show up because he has shown these signs of greatness but he also has these times where he's not that great and it's also weird though because he has he's the quarterback that's responsible for two of the greatest receiving seasons ever so it's just a really weird situation that Matt Stafford is in 
I would take the Rams just because I thought coming into the season they were Super Bowl bound, and I still think they are as long as Matt Stafford can limit the turnovers and play some good football. It's weird. I like have an expectation that Kyler Murray is going to have a big playoff performance, but that's almost weirdly entirely based on like him being a high school legend in the state of Texas. Uh, so for those that don't know Kyler Murray's story, like he went 48 and O or something stupid like that in the biggest division of high school football in the state of Texas. And like, if you haven't heard Texas cares a lot about high school football and that like, he's like a five ten quarterback that just created a powerhouse at just North of Dallas and Allen, Texas. And then he gets to college and like, doesn't initially play a lot at AM. Obviously, the transfers to Oklahoma, but it's not like he had a bunch of postseason success in either of those stops. I don't, I don't know why I expect a big performance here, but I do. Whereas, like Stafford, who has the much longer career, also a DFW area kid, I weirdly expect very little out of. And I don't know if that's because of just the Detroit curse or what that is. I I expect a choke job out of Stafford and he's got a way bigger body of work. I don't know why that is. That is a little weird, but I mean, I would probably lean towards Stafford in this. If if a quarterback's going to strictly win the game for either team, I think I'd trust Stafford a little bit more than I would trust Kyler Murray. That's at least Stafford has a postseason start or two under his belt and Kyler doesn't yet. So I think he might have those, first start like i can't think of the word but i think he might, he might have those jitters in this first playoff start. <laughs> definitely it's also like cliff kingsbury's first playoffs it's not like cliff has a lot of postseason success from texas tech like, like I, I don't know i don't know what the deal there is but that that's just my gut feeling was like oh kyler will do this but i was like what why is that i don't know why i think that for what it's worth stafford does have a couple of wild card losses in his days with the lions and I will argue that while he has no single receiver that is Megatron, he has a much more powerful offense around him. It's it's more evenly spread out, and, and I think that's probably fair as well. Chris, obviously you just finished up school. We're looking at next steps here. You're, you're doing a bunch of fun stuff in the near future. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be doing. <clears throat> yeah, so like always, I'm on Twitter at Chris underscore Saliva7, just talking my taking my sports taste there. I have mentioned a little bit in the past couple episodes of these that I am in the works of starting my very own podcast. So very excited to get that going soon. Just working out some final details on that. And then other than that, hopefully I can start writing soon. I know I've said that a couple of times, just haven't really gotten into it yet. I'm at that weird stage right now where it's like post-college, like you want to take some time to relax and like re-energize, but then you also have like a thousand things you got to do in order to prepare yourself for the next step. So I'm in that weird transition stage right now, just trying to get everything together at the moment. Oh, completely. I, I mean, it, it's also interesting. Like I went from, so I, I, I walked and graduated in, in May and then was in the classroom teaching the next fall. So I, I feel, you know, bluntly, I got like two months because that my job also had a summer vacation. <laughs> um, so that was, that was kind of nice. Again, Chris is always behind the scenes editing stuff, so make sure you check out all the podcast work he's done with us on FN Sports. Uh, you can find me and my stuff at Painsworth512. That's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. I'll post, obviously, episodes of this show, but also things I'm writing. If I'm ever featuring anything else, I, 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 you know, I like sneakers, but I don't always win them on the sneakers app, so I'll post those kinds of things there. You can find this show at 
F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram. That's F underscore N underscore sports and at F in sports. Too. That's F I N S B R T S number two, all one word on Twitter on those different social media handles. We'll find links to our merch store. We got different t-shirts and sweatshirts and goodies. We got a link to Yeti, one of our sponsors, link to my bookie, one of our other sponsors. You can find our YouTube page that way as well. Have fun with all of those things. Uh, make sure you, wherever you're watching the show, listening to the show, that you like, subscribe, download, rate, review, all those wonderful things to have with the podcast. And whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.